What's up, guys? On this week's episode, we start everything off by talking about May's divorce and puppy joint custody. And then our hot topic is all about a real Italiano deportation. And the main topics for today are Lorena and John Wayne Bobbitt and DJ AM. Era, era, era. Stay tuned. What up, fam? What up, fam? Feels good, right? Feels right? <laughs> yeah, I know it, dude. I know yeah. it, dude. And without further ado, without further ado uh, uh, we broadcast live from CA to I saw a schnauzer yesterday and I thought of you guys. Aww. Yeah, I don't really see him very often. I was like, oh, that's a throwback. That's a throwback. Yeah. I was just thinking about George. I know. I wonder how he's doing, maybe. Yeah. Aww. You should get him now. <laughs> <laughs> if this makes it into the podcast, George, for reference, is a dog I lost custody of in my divorce. <laughs> I thought you guys had come to an agreement of joint custody. No, no, it wasn't like that. That's fucked up. <laughs> if I ever divorce her, well, I'm getting Bruno for sure. <laughs> well, the thing is, when when he when George was living with him, like he doesn't kind of got bad. Yeah, he doesn't know how to take care of a dog. Like he wasn't. Yeah. The, he wasn't like the good dog that I had raised. Anymore. No, he got like um aggressive. Aggressive. Remember? Yeah. yeah. So I was thinking about that too, because he was a good little boy when he was living with you guys. Yeah. So I was kind of like, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to take uh, on this task. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I gave up my son. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. If you're out there, do you think that people listen to the podcast? <laughs> oh shit, I don't know. I bet he does, dude. Yeah, I bet he does. Yeah, bleep out his name. Yeah, if, if you're listening, or put a fuck sound. You. <laughs> yeah, put a sound. Put like a really weird sound right there. Uh, I'm gonna put uh, a farting that- sound or like dog shit. Or shit. <laughs> no, I'm gonna put the like that sound of like. Of a snake charmer, like da na 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 na. As racist, do it. <laughs> I for real thought that Tiffany was gonna ask us to shout out Kaylani. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, I was like, why is she wondering if we're gonna record today? Is she right. gonna say something? I didn't want to have to tell her that I don't like Kaylani. Yeah, I I barely know who that is. So I barely knew who she is too. And then the time that Tiffany drove all the way down here to see her perform at Rage, no, not Rage, um, no, at Pride, at Pride. Then I met up with her for breakfast that time, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Let me see who the fuck Kaylani is," because Tiffany like really stands for her. Mm-hmm. And I listened to like her top two songs on on Apple, and I was. I was very (laughs) underwhelmed. Sorry, (laughs) Tiffany. I love you so much. Please don't hate me. I think uh, Tiffany is not going to listen to this podcast anymore. She's not our friend anymore. There goes goes 50% of our fans. The podcast is basically for our two friends, Nan and Tiff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, don't listen to this shit. (laughs) Well, I think we just established that Peter does, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh no but yeah Kaylani's pregnant shout out to Kaylani Kaylani is pregnant a couple things I wanted to talk about I guess these oh these yeah would be hot topics well, kind there's of. something I wanted to bring up too I wanted to quickly 
correct something or just like finish a thought that I had because I was listening uh-huh. to the Jodie Foster episode and I rem- I thought that President Reagan had written the light of my life has gone yeah. or the light has gone out of my life in his uh-huh. journal and I couldn't figure out who it was at the time. So I looked it up. It was President Theodore Roosevelt. His wife died in his arms after she gave birth <gasps> to their only daughter. Oh, my God. And his journal entries were published. And on that day, he wrote, the light has gone out of my life. Oh, she was 36 years old. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The birth of their daughter was 36 hours and oh. then she died after. Fuck. Halal's doing clinicals in labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, and he barely, like, today's his first day. And so he had, like, um, like class yesterday at the mm-hmm. hospital to, like, teach them, like, who their patients were going to be and what they were going to do. Yeah. And he said today when he checked in with his, like, nurse mentor, she was like, okay, our first patient is so-and-so. So go to her room and check up on her. So then he said, I went into her room and she was like, I need to go to the restroom. So he was helping pick her up. And he said, as soon as she got up, her fucking water exploded. Oh, wow. And he was like, oh, my God. Like, they always say, like, it doesn't look like that. And the mm-hmm. nurse was in there and she was like, I've never seen it like that. But I guess she's on so many medications that it just kind of, like, pushed everything out on her. Interesting. I know. He was like, I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> Who? What did I just see where somebody's water broke like that? I don't know. It's always in movies where yeah. it breaks all dramatically. Yeah, yeah. What else? What else? Oh, uh, this. I've been wanting to talk to you about this for like a week or more. Ooh. Uh, we all know. That's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I know because we talk every day. Oh, so I know. the other or this isn't what I wanted to talk to you about. But now that you bring that up. Yeah. But when we were uh, in OC waiting for Luca to get oh, out yeah, of surgery. Yeah. My mom was like, where did Steph recommend to have breakfast? And so I was like, oh, I don't know. That was so long ago. I'm never going to find it. It's in our texts. <laughs> and then she's like, why don't you just go back in your texts? And I was like, oh, fine. So like I was going back through our texts. And God, me, how far back did you have to go? Three weeks. And yeah. I was and I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And my mom was like, damn, how much do you guys talk? I was like, literally all day, every day. <laughs> yeah, you should have just retexted me. I wouldn't have gone through that shit. No way. <laughs> Luckily, I knew the date. Yeah. You know, so I, yeah, I could, it was the surgery. It yeah. was the sur- Yeah. So I could go back and, and find it. But she was like, what do you guys possibly have to talk about? I was like, little every you know. celebrity on earth. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so what I wanted to talk to you about was that on, as we know, one of my favorite podcasts, Keep It, they, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they were talking about how they're tired of talking about Kanye. Yeah. So am I. <laughs> and so they said they wanted to come up with like a euphemism for his name. <laughs> just like just which we started by the way because we've been yeah. bleeping him for months yeah he has no name anymore <laughs> so <laughs> artist formerly known so uh kara on that show said why don't we just why don't we just call him orange and i was like fucking naranja yeah <laughs> why don't you guys so just funny. call your podcast the drama club <laughs> so i thought that was pretty funny they settled on calling him mr kardashian Oh, I saw that. I, I like that tweet that you retweeted of Ira. What did he? What? What? Which one? Where he said, "Mr. Kardashian, stop making excuses for him." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mental illness isn't an excuse for the way that he's acting. First, propping up white supremacy. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, I thought was really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I really like that name, Ira. Yeah, I, I think of a, I think of a Jewish gentleman, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what we're looking for yes for me still out still looking guys still looking for a jewish gentleman for me 
Also, you used to watch The Hills, right? Uh, yeah, I did. Is she coming back? I don't know, because I've never seen that show, so I'm, I'm not 100% what's going on, but I did yeah, think me it either. was... I don't know why they would bring it back. It I makes did, no sense to me. I did think it's interesting that Misha Barton is going to be on it. Oh, yeah. So that's what that's what happened. Lauren, the main girl in The uh-huh. Hills, is didn't sign on because she's like, I'm done with that shit. Why the fuck yeah. would I come back? So they needed somebody to take her place as like the main girl. And yeah. Misha Barton ain't got shit to do. So that's so embarrassing. <laughs> Why is she doing that? She doesn't have. I mean, is it though? Like, I don't think she has a career anymore. I think like that's her only move. All right. Well, who's hiring her for anything? Yeah. Well, with all the reboots going around, you would think they would reboot the O.C., yeah, seriously. She might, she might want to keep her, her options, options open for open? that. <laughs> she could do both. Isn't that guy on some other show? Like on a fucking cop show or something? At some point, yeah. I don't okay. know if that show still exists. Still going on. Yeah. Yeah, but everyone on that, no one on that show is doing anything, right? No, the one, the other uh, brunette girl was on a show. Rachel Bilson. Yeah. For a long time did have a show the last kiss and then heart of dixie which she was the main person but that one ended back in 2015 so but it ran for like five years all of the names of those shows you just mentioned sound made up yeah (laughs) there's another show that's like a country drama show oh she's on nashville yeah she was on that for a little bit interesting did you see the trailer for dirty john speaking of nashville no it looks okay. What What is it? A show or a movie or something? They turned it into like a mini series. So oh. it's going to be like a few episodes. But Connie Britton is the main girl. Which oh, I think really? she's good for that role. Huh. I did not like Dirty John. You didn't? No. Why? I can't remember. I just remember being like, Ugh, when is this over? <laughs> <laughs> we met her for only a few seconds. But that was time enough for her to impress us. Okay, so today's hot topic... Mm-hmm. Which I imagine you don't know much about me. I know zero about, but I'm very interested in it. Okay, so the Real Housewives of New Jersey, the main, I'll say she's the main star. She's been there since mm-hmm. season one, and they brought on like her brother and sister in law in like season three and shit. Teresa yeah. Gu- Gudici? I don't know how to say it. I think it's Gudice. Yeah, Gudice is how I hear it pronounced too. Mm-hmm. She and her husband went through like a. Uh, criminal trial Mm -hmm. for it's a long list of things so in the first season they were like you know they had bought this crazy house and it was like a gigantic mansion in new jersey with all this gaudy ass furniture and they had like crazy fucking uh housewarming party and invited like the whole cast and the whole that whole few episodes with her party are so fucking good because the rest of the cast fucking like talks so much shit about her wait hold up they this party was played out over the course of several episodes it was like two episodes (laughs) and then it was like the aftermath because people got into a fight at the party oh hell yeah yeah so it was fucking wild and like the whole cast threw so much shade at this gaudy fucking house that her and joe bought yeah and they were like what the fuck like what do, what do they do? Because, like, no one really understands what Joe does. He had, uh-huh. like, a pizza shop at one point. But anyways, shortly after that, they filed for bankruptcy. And then shortly Whoa. after that, they were both charged with fraud, including bankruptcy fraud, bank fraud, mail fraud, wire fraud, <gasps> making false statements on loan applications, and then tax fraud because they owed 
taxes and Joe had failed to file taxes for like four years. What the fuck? Why would you do that? Like that you that that's not going to go unpunished. You no. Know? And the only thing certain in this life is death and taxes, everybody. Yep. Also, you're on like a fucking national TV show. Right. And you're like flaunting your money around. You think yeah. they're not going to like, you know, like look into that it, like, wow. at least slightly. Anyway, so they were both charged with 39 counts and they both and they went to trial and then they ended up striking up a plea deal mm -hmm. and Teresa was set to serve 11 months in federal prison. She did she, that, right? She yeah. served the full 11 months, which I thought was interesting. And then Joe was set to serve 41 months. Fuck. So that's three and something years or four Ooh. years almost? Yeah. I don't know math, me. 41 divided by 12. I kept getting annoyed too. I was like, why don't they just say it in years? It's <laughs> like a baby. He's 48 months. Wow. Three and a half years in federal prison for all of the charges. Uh-huh. So he's currently serving his sentence right now. The judge allowed them to serve their sentences back. Like she would go in first, then he would go in so that their children would never be separated from both parents. Which is some white nonsense. That is pretty <laughs> wild, right? Yeah. Usually parents, kids just go wherever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But they do have four daughters all under the age of 15, I think. So mm -hmm. I think they, they would take special treatment okay. for a family usually. Um, for so, a black family though? Maybe. I don't know. And so they, so Joe's serving his sentence right now. And little notes to the rest of us, Joe is n undocumented in this country. So he was brought to the United States as a one-year-old by his parents from Italy. Mm -hmm. He was born in Italy. He never got his green card. And this is shocking to me because Teresa's a born United States citizen. So the only reason he wouldn't go forward to fix his papers through his wife and they've right. been married for like 17 years now yeah is not because you know marriage fraud it's just because he must have a lengthy rap sheet that he can't get his green card oh so while he's in, or do you think or did he just not know he was undocumented no he had to know a lot of people don't know People don't. I've never heard of someone not knowing that they were undocumented. I know people that don't know that they've been de uh, issued deported like underage because their parents filed shit for them. Um, I know but, someone who didn't find out she was undocumented until she tried to apply for financial aid. That's crazy. College. You got shitty parents. <laughs> that's fucking horrible. <laughs> How did they not tell you that? I'm just saying that it's not unheard of. Uh, okay. I har I've, har I've never heard of it. But anyway, so he also used his brother's passport for some certain things because he's traveled to Italy and stuff like oh, wow. on the show. So oh, wow. so immediately immigration put charges on him for deportation. And this week, a judge ordered that he will be removed to Italy following his federal sentence. Wow. Just fucking wild to me. So. What's going on with, with their marriage? They're still together. And she's saying that she would love to live in Italy is like the last thing I saw her say. Is she still on the show? Yeah, does, she's on is, the show. Is that show? Does it? It's still on? Yeah, the, it's still on. New Jersey? Yeah, it's not none of the like original. She's one of the only ones that's right. like from the get go. Right, right. Wow. I know she's bodybuilding now. Oh, she is. Yeah, she's, uh, she's, <laughs> she's trying to go pro ripped. or something. She's real ripped. Yeah. And she's real leathery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's a 
fucked up situation. It's fucked up for their marriage, for their kids. How, their, but their kids must be a little older now. Yeah, I think their oldest daughter is probably like 15 now. Yeah, but still, it's, ooh, what a, what a grenade to throw into their whole life. Plot twist. Yeah. I didn't see that one coming. Well, Joe, arrivederci. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you get, folks. Damn, guys, lesson learned. Just pay your taxes. Yeah, don't commit any crimes involving moral turpitude and, um, you know, try to fix those papers if you can. <laughs> if you can't, try to lay low. Yeah. Don't get involved in any federal charges. <laughs> and don't get on a uh, reality show. Yes. <laughs> what the what? <laughs> What are you thinking, dude? <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. You're gonna like it. Ooh. You're gonna go and you're gonna like it. <laughs> Did your parents ever tell you shit like no, that? No, never, never, never. Because I have like a big ass family, so we'd always have like a million fucking parties to go to. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I get tired. Like, I don't want to go to my second cousin's baptism or whatever. Right. And like, my parents would be like, you're gonna go and you're gonna like it. Well, that's the benefit of. It literally being just the three of us in this country. I never had to do any of that bullshit. <laughs> Your dad's brother's here. Yeah, but they're estranged. <laughs> I call it how to lose friends and infuriate people all in one easy lesson. Okay, okay. Steph, I think you are going to like this. Uh, today, I'm going to do the story of... <laughs> <laughs> Lorena and John Wayne Bobbitt. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> me yes okay so most of this is from a show called scandal made me famous on the reels Ooh. channel oh you, what's do, on that show do, do, i was gonna say do you have do you have reels it's the weirdest channel no i think it's supposed to be it's supposed to be like um the true stories of of like things that they made movies out of you know yeah, yeah 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 stuff like that but in practice they mostly do a lot of true hollywood story behind the music type stuff Ooh. And, and like autopsy of janice joplin and oh like, but anyway all those shows are terrible though they're oh, terrible okay. <laughs> so my how point, about the scandal one <laughs> this one is it's kind of bad too but the, right. the reenactments are pretty good though all right all right <laughs> so my point is that we need to be running that channel who played lorena <laughs> bobbitt <I'll> she <laughs> It was like a pretty version of Lorena. <laughs> she played herself. Misha <laughs> Barton did. <laughs> she has shit to do. And Lorena Bobbitt as herself. <laughs> okay, I, I wanted to do the story A because I kind of like the ones that we've done about regular people. Like the yes, Butterfuco. Yes, I was, that's why I'm super excited because we haven't done one like this in a while. <laughs> and B... I kind of wanted to take another look at Lorena's story through the lens of today. Like after the Kavanaugh hearings and the me too movement i just I yeah i feel like it's kind of important i actually don't know that much about this so okay i mean i just know like the main thing the main thing okay yeah, that's what thing or the, the big thing thi was it little is it is the smallest penis i have ever no. seen in my life okay we're, we're getting to that okay r.i.p <laughs> <laughs> okay so plus this woman was, Lorena was made into a joke at the time, which reminded me of how everyone treated Monica Lewinsky, which was yeah. another drama that I enjoyed covering. So let's do this. She's Latina, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. John Wayne Bobbitt was born in 1967 in New York State. He was unintelligent, unattractive, and unremarkable. 
<laughs> don't listen to this John Wayne you're not gonna like this at all so basically I just did a reverse Viola Davis in the help <laughs> you was not smart you was not, was kind, not kind and you, you is was not, not important, important. <laughs> <laughs> yes so so John joins the Marines and continues his life of mediocrity <sighs> Except now his salary was being paid by the American taxpayers. Ooh. Except for Joe. Jo except Kudice. for Joe Kudachi. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't pay his taxes. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> Lorena Gallo was born on Halloween in 1970 in Ecuador. Wow. So we know that she's spooky. Plus, <laughs> she's Ecuadorian. Ooh. One of my favorite kinds of cuisine, actually. <laughs> anyway, so she's spooky, and John should have known not to fuck with her. Yeah. So she's from Ecuador, but she grows up in Venezuela. Okay. And her whole life, all she can talk about is the American dream. And at the age of 16, she gets her chance when she moves to Virginia on a student visa and enrolls in some college classes. Oh, wow. I'm sorry, May. What, when, did he, when was he born? What year? He was born in 67 and she was born in 70. Okay, cool. So she moves in with a friend of the family, Irma Castro, and her two daughters. But Irma is really strict and really religious. So she doesn't let Lorena do shit. Oh, not, not cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, not that Lorena was like some kind of wild child or anything. She she wasn't like that, but she just, you know. Yeah, she's in the U.S. She wants to go out and yeah, like shop young. or whatever. Yes, yes, exactly. Anytime she wanted to go anywhere, she had to be chaperoned by one or both of Irma's daughters. Jesus. Who are bitches, I bet. <laughs> we don't know actually that much about the daughters, but. Okay. They're teenage girls too, though, so. I, so they I definitely imagine. were bitches. <laughs> So one day, the girls all go to an enlisted men's ball where Lorena meets John, and John basically oh, sweeps her off her shit. feet. Where are these enlisted men's balls? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I want That's to go to That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> God bless America. America. <laughs> that's that Sex in the City episode. In my mind, that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> you know, you know how much I love that Donald Duck uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love that shit but but uh but john was in the marine so it was a it was a different one it was like that one where it's kind of like the it's blue right? it's blue it's dark blue. it's dark blue it's got like red accents yeah that's not that hot that yeah that one's not hot I, that's like the I, least hot yeah the hottest one is definitely the air Donald force Duck one what you don't like the air force one which one is the air force one it's black that's it's like, got stripes it's like top gun oh yeah that's okay that one's hot too yeah, but I'm more shout, like... Shout out to my sister. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm more like the one, like the 1940s yeah, the Donald, ones, the, like oh. the brown ones. <laughs> <laughs> All about that World War II band. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so listen, I, I get it. At, at this point, she's 18. John is, is 21. He's a man in uniform. And oh, I hella get it. And you're from... A Latin Venezuela. American country, yeah. yeah. You're thinking yeah, about the yeah. American dream. Yes, that white boy exactly. is like you. He he rides in on a horse, like you know, like that's I get the it. golden I get ticket it. right there, yeah. baby. And when you're 18 and you meet this guy who's 21, like he seems like such a man to you, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so he's such an adult. Right, I don't fault her for falling for him. Is what I'm oh, saying. Me either. So meanwhile, Irma is not fucking having it. God damn it. <laughs> 
<laughs> she doesn't allow Lorena and John to be alone, which really frustrates Lorena because she's like, I'm not a child. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, she's horny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and Irma hits her with the, not while you're living under my roof. Ooh, that's a Latin <laughs> classic right there. <laughs> In the reenactment on Scandal Made Me Famous, <laughs> there were there were a lot of ideals meals. Yeah, does she have like a chancla in her hand? <laughs> and there were a lot of, I don't like this hombre. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Lorena gets a job at a nail salon owned by a woman named Jana Besuti. Jana and Lorena become really close, and Jana's like a big sister mentor type figure. Dope. And Jana let Lorena move in with her. Oh, oh, and this woman's not related to her. She's not related to her at all. She's just her boss. So, like, so Lorena moves out. She moves into Jana's house. And so now it's fucking on. Yeah. Lorena and John have a lot more private time. So eventually, Lorena says that she's ready to have sex. Ooh. And she busted open for John. Oh, damn. (laughs) She was a virgin before that. Okay, okay. So 10 months after meeting in June of 1989, Lorena and John get married. And she's 19. Yeah, she's 19. Shit. Today, John, who's a big time Trump supporter, BT dubs. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He says that he suspects that Lorena only married him to get a green card. Well, shut up. Which I don't really, I don't buy it because Lorena was super Catholic, which was one of the reasons that she never wanted to divorce him. Uh Uh-huh. So I don't think she was just going to get married. Didn't they have children? No, they didn't. Oh, they didn't? But they were married for a long time, right? They were married for a relatively long, longer than they should have been married. (laughs) Yeah. But but in her mind, marriage was forever. And that's why she was kind of like in this situation for a long time. So it's fucking bullshit. Yeah, he's full of shit. That's another thing that's really interesting about this story, I think. I wonder how things would be different today because of like the sort of anti-immigrant sentiment that's of like uh, the red. Yes, because maybe he wouldn't even have gone with her. No, I mean like if everything would have happened, I wonder how the how the story would have been covered. Like oh, oh look at what, you for know? sure, what this immigrant did. Right, like mm-hmm. ba- back then, she at least kind of people were kind of sympathetic, sympathetic. to like oh she came here to get a better life you right. know like it's a di- the american dream was told a way different way right we'll we'll get to it you guys we're yeah kinda, we're jumping around okay sorry <clears throat> we have thoughts on this yes <laughs> okay so shortly after getting married john starts getting weird in bed Ooh, weird <laughs> in a good way or weird in a weird way <laughs> <laughs> you look at it all right he's like he's kind of weird he starts to get pretty rough so not that rough sex is weird but it just really caught lorena off guard because she'd been a virgin before john and so like she wasn't really into that yeah she's in she's more innocent she's not as experienced yes exactly that, that would totally scare her plus it happened really suddenly like overnight he just started like putting stuff in her butt <laughs> Oh my god, in New Orleans, May and I went to a pharmacy museum and the fucking pharmacist had butt plugs oh, in yeah, his bedroom. Yeah. And it was and like it was the like, cure for everything. It was like, yeah. you got a headache? Put this in your butt. You got a pain in your knee? Put this in put your, this butt. your butt. You got a rash? Put this in your butt. You got acne? <laughs> put this in your butt. It was like literally like, if you shove this up your ass, you will forget about everything else going on in your life. Which And then my knee started hurting like later that day and May said she was going to shove something up my ass. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's like, you know, I'll make you forget all about knee problems if I put something up your ass. <laughs> the wonders of modern medicine. <laughs> Did Hoel learn that in his clinical scene? Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, like I said, it happened really suddenly, and also, he didn't really seem to care when she was like, what the fuck? Like, when she brought it up and was like, oh, no, you know, I'm not, I'm not into this She's or whatever. not consenting. Right. So, this was the first sign that things were getting bad. Mm-hmm. Next, John started to get physical with her outside of the boudoir. Ooh. Especially after drinking. Oh, no. All of these things. <laughs> yeah. One day, John was drunk after he and Lorena had spent a day at the beach. He was driving them home, and obviously because he was impaired, he was driving like an idiot. So Lorena kept trying to get him to pull over or at least get him to drive straight or slow down. But when that doesn't work, she's like, fuck, at least turn the music down. So she turns the music down, and he full-on punches her in the face. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yeah. Where do they live, me? In Virginia. Okay. All right, so, and that day was kind of the tipping point to when the abuse gets really bad and it just starts escalating from there. Oh, no. Cut to one year later and Lorena is preguetón. And John is like, how did this happen? Which, why do men always ask that? Like, they have no idea where babies come from. (laughs) (laughs) Well, John. John, Well, the stork brings the baby. Okay, Anyway, John is like, nope, we can't have this baby. We are not having this baby. And he forces Lorena to get an abortion. Ooh. Like I said, Lorena is super Catholic. So this really breaks her heart. Yeah. And it just shows like the type of control he had over her. Yes, exactly. She did not want to terminate her pregnancy, but she kind of had no choice. She's devastated and is overcome with guilt and regret. However, with Jana's help, since her husband was a mortgage broker, John and Lorena buy a little house and Lorena thinks that things are looking up. Like maybe since they're putting roots down, one day soon they might be able to start a family and things will get better. But shortly after this, the Marines declined to let John re-enlist. That was shocking to me. Wait, the Marines decline? Yeah. Oh. Because, because mind you, I don't know anything about the military, but... I had imagined that if you wanted to re-enlist, like... They just let you. They just let you. Yeah. Are we really <laughs> turning people away from this? Right. I, I right, thought right. we didn't. Obviously, unless like he had like major disciplinary issues or something like that, which I would imagine he did because... He's like an I said, asshole. Right. So John is unemployed and Lorena is supporting them with her job at the nail salon. Meanwhile, John isn't seriously looking for a job but does get seriously into cable pornography and watches it all day. Oh, all day? All day. <laughs> like all when day, Joey and Chandler get stuck on that porn channel yes. in their apartment? Yes, it's exactly like that. <laughs> what the fuck? And this, those channels are expensive. Like, yeah. <laughs> imagine paying for porn. A, all day porn. <laughs> and imagine paying for porn and getting addicted to it while your wife is supporting you. She's paying for your pornography addiction. Yeah, because he couldn't re-enlist and she's pregnant? No, she because he forced her to get an abortion. So oh, that's right, that's pregnant. right. Yeah, that's right. so she's uh, she's working at the, th- at the nail salon and paying for his porn. Oh, my God. And so, he can't get any other job or what? Well, he's not really looking. He's not seriously looking. That's like, fuck, fuck this guy all the way. <laughs> so 
So she'll bring it up. She'll be like, she she says shit like, you know, when are you going to get a job? And he's like, I just got out of the Marine Corps. And oh, like, no. So John says that because of his unemployment issues and his porn addiction, <laughs> <laughs> that they were under a lot of stress. And I bet. But the way he says it in the interview, though, he's kind of just like. It was a tough time for us. Like, yeah, instead of like you, though. Yeah, taking accountability for like everything that he's doing to make it a tough time. Right. So he says that their fights become worse and worse and way more frequent. Yeah. The cops were called on numerous occasions by their neighbors or by Lorena, resulting in John getting arrested. For what it's worth, John claims that sometimes Lorena would hit him, too. Oh, but Lorena only weighed like 90 pounds. So whenever yeah. they'd get into it, her injuries were obviously way worse. They were actually pretty bad. Uh, she'd have huge bruises and bumps and shit. And he, oh my was, God. he was really beating the shit out of her. And it was well documented in numerous police reports. Oh, wow. So she would call the cops on him. Yeah. Yeah. And the neighbors would call the cops on them because like they were fighting and making it, noise. It, yeah. It was just it was bad. Oh, man. Did she get her green card through him, by the way? No, she didn't. Because okay. when they get divorced, she was one year short, I think, of the... Is it four years that you need to be married or something? No, you need to be married one day. Oh, so maybe she did get her green card, but not her citizenship. Oh, citizenship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but again, Lorena didn't believe in divorce, so she was going to stay in this marriage no matter what. For better or worse. Around this time, Lorena gets caught shoplifting. Oh, no. Remember that John is still not working. Yeah, don't tell me that it's something sad like toothpaste. No, it was like oh, okay. it was like dresses or something like she was going to sell them. <sighs> okay. Um, but even worse than the shoplifting, she gets caught stealing seven grand from her work. And as we know, she works for her homegirl, Jana. Who helped her get the house and everything. House and, and, and put her in her house when she needed it. When she, oh you know. Oh my God. So she was in a really bad, like she was in a bad place. Yeah, I bet. I got so fucking frustrated hearing John describe this in an interview because he was like so fake appalled by her actions. Why the fuck do you think she felt like she had to steal? You know? Yeah, because <laughs> you're fucking charging up the porn bill. So he was, John says, she betrayed the ones who loved and protected us. So I was hurt. And I left her. How did she betray him? By shoplifting? Yeah. What? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. So he leaves her after this happened. Thank God. I guess she used to pocket the cash from cash paying customers at the nail salon. And then. Oh, no. And then like erase their appointments. So it was like (gasps) it never happened. Oh, no. Anyway, obviously, Jana felt felt betrayed after everything she'd done for Lorena. And Lorena was ashamed and disgusted with herself, but she had been in a kind of desperate situation, which Jana understood and ultimately let her keep her job. Oh, wow. That's a good ass friend. Like low key, is Jana a saint? Yeah, that's a real good ass <laughs> friend. <laughs> she's from the beginning. She's been there for her. She like people have lost touch with each other for way less than that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's fucking awesome. So shout out to you, Jana. Yeah, seriously. So anyway, they're separated and John moves back to New York to live with family and immediately starts getting with other women living that bachelor life. Meanwhile, Lorena can't pay the mortgage on their home, so it gets foreclosed on and she has to move back in with Irma. 
So now Lorena is in a bad place because her whole life has gone to shit. Yeah. The two have been separated for about a year and she contacts John to see if he wants to work it out. John says he's ready to make it work and he and Lorena find an apartment in Virginia and move back in together. For why? Li- because of the money? Like they were, like is that why? That's part of it. I just think that she was also super Catholic di- like you said. Yeah, she didn't want her marriage to fail. She didn't like that she was living with the Irma and her daughters and like she just she thought okay now we've been apart for a while let's let's see if we if we've matured let's see if we can fix this yeah so for a while things are going okay but they soon fall right back into that cycle of abuse and Lorena claims that she's constantly being forced to have sex with him Ooh. so he's raping her yeah but this was the early 1990s which was not that long ago but a lot of people didn't think that marital rape was a thing. Anyway, so John gets a job, finally, as a bouncer at a bar. The role he was born to play. <laughs> <laughs> and he claims that Lorena became very jealous because he says that women were all over him. John says that Lorena would say that she was spying on him and that she knew that he was screwing other women. Around the three-year anniversary of the abortion John forced her to get, Lorena is feeling particularly down, and John is oblivious, so he's just being his normal abusive self. Right. In an interview, he describes one of the worst things he regularly did to her without the slightest bit of remorse. He says that he would restrain her in a wrestling move that they teach in the Marines that they call a straitjacket, which is basically you put all of your weight on the other person and pull their limbs back really painfully so that they can't move, and it sounds... Yeah, what? Why? And remember, she's like a she's tiny. She's tiny lady woman. Oh, my God. Yeah, it just it sounds terrible. And he would do this to her all the time. At the same time, John decided that he definitely wanted out of the marriage. And he tells Lorena he's out. So he moves his friend Robbie into the apartment with him and Lorena while they can find a place of their own. Him and Robbie? Yeah. (laughs) Fuck Robbie. (laughs) Fuck anyone whose name is Robbie, honestly. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, <laughs> yeah. Robbie's a shady ass name. Yeah. Like that guy's a low life for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if your man's his friend with friends with someone named Robbie, fuck don't that let guy. that motherfucker move in. <laughs> so it's June of 1993, and John was riding his bike to work, and a woman hit him with her car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's more or less okay, but he has some he has some scrapes and scratches. The woman who hit him, Kim feels horrible and takes him back to her place to get him cleaned up. A couple days later, Kim shows up at John and Lorena's apartment looking for John because she bought him a new bike. Oh, (laughs) shout out to Kim. Yeah, she's trying to avoid that lawsuit, baby. (laughs) All the women in this story are like real cool. Well, maybe not all of them, but yeah, (laughs) Jenna. Yeah, this bitch, Kim. Yeah. Shout out to Kim. Anyway, Lorena. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of bike was it, though? (laughs) In the reenactment, it looked real nice. <laughs> anyway, Lorena didn't know anything about the accident and was just like, this motherfucker isn't even moved out yet and already has bitches coming over with bikes and shit. Uh oh, yeah, that's not a good look. <laughs> so Latinas are extra spicy too. So yes. <laughs> yeah, she's getting extra mad. <laughs> so she's pissed, but she's already done with him. So she's basically, like, you know, she's come to terms with it. So she's basically like, fuck him, fuck her. I'm glad yeah, this is fuck over. Fuck this bike. Slash the tires on that bike. <laughs> <laughs> fuck this. So the next night on June 23rd, John and Robbie get fucking wasted and they get home around 3 a.m. 
Robbie right away passes out on the couch. And John and Lorena still share the bed. So John gets into bed with her. Uh, I always think that's so weird when couples break up and they share a bed still. Yeah. And I know it happened. Like, I get it. Like, sick right. circumstances, you know, you can't move out and shit. But, like, why wouldn't you sleep on the couch or something? Because Robbie was on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Robbie. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh my god so john says that he passes out at this point Uh but but lorena says that no he doesn't pass out he rapes her right wait so i have a question real fast so was he cheating on her i don't know because he's a fucking liar yeah and he's just a fuck boy so you don't know okay right it's hard to say i don't know why in my mind i thought that he had cheated on her a bunch and she kept finding him cheat on her and maybe i mean because like she suspects that he's cheating on her. And, right. You know, so I don't know, maybe. Okay. So I've heard John say that they had consensual sex and then he passes out. Mm-hmm. But also at trial, he says that he can't say for sure whether they had sex or not. So he don't know. Because he was wasted. Yeah, he was fucking wasted. And they're they're separated. So were they even having sex at this point? I'm going to assume not consensually. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So either way, fuck him. Yeah. So Lorena is in a spiral. She's been abused, beaten, and raped by this man for four years. She's broke. She's been pushed to things that she never thought she was going to have to do. It's right around the anniversary of the time he forced her to have an abortion. Oh, my God. She feels like a failure because despite going through all of this, her marriage is over. Right. And... He seemingly doesn't care because he already has some bike buying bitch in her apartment. Oh, that would make me mad too, girl. So she's consumed by pain and rage and shame and who knows what else. Yeah, she's just, I mean, she's at the point. She's on the edge of the cliff. Yes. So she's in a daze because everything is hitting her all at once. And she walks into the kitchen to get a drink of water. She sees a knife. She picks it up. She walks back into the bedroom and cuts John's dick off. Dude. She's, she straight up cleanly cuts it off. That's fucking crazy, man. <laughs> How drunk is he that he can't feel it? Yeah, he's beyond. Robbie is passed out. Yeah. You know, like, like how does she get all the way through? He must right. be fucking well, blackout. Well, the knife was sharp as fuck. Oh, it was? Yeah, it was It was like sharp. one of those, like, yeah, because she's Ecuadorian. So she knows she'd be sharpening <laughs> that knife all the time. Like, my grandma sharpens our knife, like, every fucking day. Like, she's cutting pineapples every five minutes or something. <laughs> I was like, why? Fruit, your, your grandma's fruit ninja? It's so weird. Yeah, she is. What the fuck? So she cut it, it off. off. <laughs> How many women have, like, used this expression, but, like, nobody ever does it? Like, I'm going to cut his dick off? Yeah, like, they're so mad they're going to cut his dick off. At her trial, someone, there was a witness who testified that years before, like, a few years before she was, she was one of the clients at the nail salon, and she was saying, like, oh, like, what, um, what would you do if your man cheated on you? And she claims that Lorena said, I would castrate him. But lots of women say but shit like of, that. Yeah, That's right. like it's almost like an expression. Yes, <laughs> like, it is. It is. It's like when you say I'm gonna kill him. Yeah, you know, you know it's not real. Like right. she really did that shit though. She did. <laughs> <laughs> That's also, crazy. But 
So it'll come back like it was actually a good thing that the knife was so sharp. Oh, good for him. Because it was like it was really a clean, clean. It was a cut. clean cut. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. jagged and shit. Right. Okay. <laughs> so she runs out of the apartment with the dick in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> she takes. Oh my she, god. She takes John's Game Boy. What? <laughs> Why? Take the bike. <laughs> She biked out of that apartment with a dick in her hand. I'll get you, Kim. P.S. I've never gotten over the fact that someone stole my Game Boy in fifth grade. I'll I'll Game, Boy Game Boy mate. I love the Game Boy pocket. What color was yours? Purple. Oh, mine was red. I only had it for like a month. Man, that sucks. What game did you have? Rampage. Oh, okay. I had Pokemon Red. I love that shit. Uh -huh. So anyway, she grabs the Game Boy and and a hundred dollars out his wallet, <laughs> gets into her car and drives off. Meanwhile, John barely knows what just happened. He, <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> but he looks down and he's covered in blood. Yeah, and he's in a lot of pain. Oh my god! So he applies pressure and <gasps> gets dressed and tries to get Robbie to take him to the hospital, but Robbie's drunk as fuck. Oh my god, but does he realize that it's been cut off? Not necessarily. He just thinks like she cut me, like or she stabbed me or Oh my god. He's, he's not really sure cuz there's so much blood. Yeah. He, he can't say Fimpla's dick is so small. <laughs> like <laughs> There's not much of a difference. It might still be there. It might still be there. We don't know. <laughs> so, Robbie rolls off the couch and goes to the bathroom to brush his teeth. And that's when, he, that's when he sees that there's blood everywhere, and yeah. he and he reals, he realizes, oh fuck! Like he sobers up, you know. He's yeah. like, oh fuck! I need to get John to the hospital. Yeah. So, so drunk ass Robbie drives them there, and they make it within ten minutes. Oh, that's pretty good for two drunk ass folks. That's really great with yeah. blood everywhere. Yeah, like, they really yeah. fucking put their training into effect right there. <laughs> so meanwhile, and this is where I think you should start. Start making a movie out of everything that I'm saying in your mind. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's good. It's getting good. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Lorena is in shock, dri driving around with a dick in her hand. <laughs> a little one. A little one. She doesn't know what the fuck is happening. So she's a few miles from her apartment at this point, and she needs to turn but can't get a grip on the steering wheel because she's got a knife in one hand and a dick in the <laughs> other. <laughs> Why? So she rolls down the window and tosses the dick out yeah. in a little grassy field in front of a 7-Eleven. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shout out to 7-Eleven. <laughs> That's my favorite store. <laughs> <laughs> I always think whenever I go into a 7-Eleven, I always think of like in college when we used to skateboard to 7-Eleven. Yeah, to get like, a Slurpee. Get a snack. Yeah. So or fun. those like flauta looking things. Yeah. Like, were they flautas? Were they called flautas? No, they're taquitos. No? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So she then throws the knife in the trash and, <sighs> and still absolutely covered in blood, oh. drives to Jenna's house. Oh, no. Jenna's a good ass friend. Yeah. Every, get you a Jana in your For life. For real, get you a Jana. <laughs> so she drives to Jana's house where she tells her, I think I did something really bad. I cut off John's penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say that qualifies as really bad. So so Jana calls the cops. 
And when the cops get there, Lorena starts to kind of come back because she had been still like in a daze. Like she barely knows how she got there. It was she was a mess mentally. Yeah. So the cops get there and she's kind of like coming back to her senses. And she she's like, oh, fuck, like, I can't believe I did this. And she tells them where to find the penis. (laughs) (laughs) They arrest her and charge her with malicious wounding, which, if convicted, would put her away for over 20 years. Oh, wow. So the cops are searching all over the field for the dick, and by don't some they have of... like cop dogs out there and shit too? <laughs> no, because they don't. Because what, what if the dog ate it? Or oh man, like, no, they can't do that. It's just like it's flashlights, just deputies <laughs> in the grass looking for it, and by some miracle they find it. That's so, amazing. So they go to the Seven Eleven and get some ice and one of those cardboard hot dog trays. <laughs> And put the dick on ice. I told y'all, shout out 7-Eleven, man. <laughs> Back at the ER, they tell John that they found the dick. <laughs> Although he'd already lost a third of his blood. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was feeling suicidal, thinking they were going to have to sew the stump closed. <gasps> oh, my God, that's true. I didn't even think about him yeah. <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, he never thought about Lorena yeah, so... more than to abuse her. So. Oh, but yeah, could you imagine being a man and like basically like you've been, you've been castrated? You've castrated. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. After a 10-hour surgery, they were able to reattach his penis. Wow. And one week later, he called his mom to celebrate when he was able to have a partial erection. Oh, that's interesting. White people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but file that one under white people. <laughs> his, his mom w- actually wasn't cool with that. She was like, I don't oh. want to hear that. Talk to your dad. Oh, good. <laughs> Shout out to his mom. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm telling you, all the women in this story are yeah. fantastic. <laughs> so after the cops hear Lorena's story, they charged on with marital sexual assault. Because he also has a record, right? She's been calling the cops on him. Yeah. Okay. But notice that he's not charged with marital rape. He's charged with marital marital sexual sexual assault. assault. Because in Virginia, a spouse Uh could only be charged with rape if they were living apart. Wow. This is is 1993. Yeah. That's fucking disgusting. Do better. Anyway, he faces over 20 years in jail. At the, at the same time, this story becomes huge. Yes. It has everything uh, you want. Yes. It's the biggest story in the country and is reported across the world. But the story is this big joke. They do sketches on SNL about it. Weird Al made a song about it. They talked oh. about it every night on all the late night shows. And Lorena's painted as this jealous woman who just snapped, completely ignoring the history of abuse at the hands of John. And I don't think we need to say that what she what she did was wrong. Obviously, it was horrible. Yeah. But within the context of the nightmare she was living in, we can at least understand, like, why this happened. Yeah. The reasoning. I, if yes, there was the reasoning. reasoning. Or right. what led her to the point of no reason. Yes, exactly. And I get it. Dicks are funny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dicks are funny. <laughs> like... <laughs> the, the imagery of someone tossing a dick out of a car is hilarious to me. Especially a standalone dick. Like, just thinking yes, of a dick yes, like that just is like real that. funny. Yeah. <laughs> a disembodied dick. <laughs> but but let's not forget why that dick ended up on ice in a 7-Eleven hot dog tray in the first place. Where it belonged. <laughs> so, 
Three months later, John is found not guilty of marital sexual assault after four oh. hours of deliberation. Because basically there was no there was no way to prove that specific crime. Yeah, it's just her word versus right. his. Another few months later, Lorena's trial is set to start, and this is when the real firestorm begins. Yeah. This becomes the biggest story on earth. This was one of the first stories to receive 24-hour news coverage. Oh, wow. Her entire trial was broadcast live on CNN. People were selling t-shirts. The Oscar Mayer Wienermobile showed up. Oh, no. Taxi drivers offered free rides to any Latinos who wanted to go to the courthouse to offer support. A feminist group in Venezuela said that if she was found guilty, they would castrate 100 men. Oh, shit. It, it was a fucking, it was a circus. Yeah. Dude, it's always like, it's funny, like these hometown stories that go mm-hmm. wild like this. It's always because they're super good. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly. not going to hear about a regular schmegular hometown story and they happen all the time. But right. The right. ones that they, get famous uh, interna- or nationally are always like. Yeah, they're wild. Yeah. And just like, you know, it especially at that time, just people. The 90s. Yeah, the early. Yeah. 90s. People just wanted to laugh at this shit. They, and they it was salacious and and funny in a in a terrible way <laughs> yeah no totally <laughs> so john testified that he never abused her of course which was obviously a lie mm-hmm. and they had plenty of witnesses and police reports proving that he had been abusive yeah did her neighbors come out and shit yeah good her defense team's strategy was to have her qu- acquitted based on temporary insanity uh-huh so they had her- so they had her evaluated and she was found to be suffering from ptsd Oh, wow. From the years of abuse. Yeah. Wow. Eventually, she was indeed acquitted and had to spend 45 days in a mental health facility since she was found to be temporarily insane. Which might be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, when she got out, she retreated from the spotlight. Good. Oh, that's, you know, good for her, but I'm mm-hmm. sure that's mm-hmm. so hard. Yeah. John, on the other hand, starred in the porn film John Wayne Bobbitt, Uncut. That's disgusting. Which some sources claim was the most successful porn film of all time at that point. Really? Mm-hmm. John says he did the movie because he knew it would piss Lorena off. And he needed money. Yeah, he needed money. His medical bills were actually pretty high. I'm sure. Because he wasn't working, right? He was a bouncer. Oh, that's... <laughs> Come on. So, obviously, I watched it. Mm-hmm. How was that? <laughs> Can you um, see, like, a surgical scar or anything? Yeah, Oh. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't watch all of it because it's very, it's 90s as fuck. It's very 1994. There's like, there's like neon thongs, bushes, and like big ass (laughs) hair. But I had to see what his dick looked like in action. I had to. (laughs) Which actually, no wonder it was the most successful porno. I bet people were just like, I just have to see this. Yeah, of course. It's like, yeah, it's like a gimmick almost. Yeah. So he remarried and later that year was convicted twice of assaulting his new wife. (gasps) They later divorced. Of course. After the release of Uncut, he underwent penis enlargement surgery. Oh, wow. I mean, if you've already been under the knife once. (laughs) Might as well. (laughs) Might as well, too. (laughs) And he released another adult film called Frankenpenis. Oh. Which I I also watched. And how was that one? Was it improved? Um, I gotta say, they fucked his penis up way <gasps> more than Lorena did. No way, me. It looked fucked up. It looked like, do you remember those, do you know those Fisher-Price toys that are like, it's like a stick and then it's like a successive thing of donuts around it? Yes. It looked like that. <gasps> Ew. Yeah, it was f- super fucked up. 
the surgery was shown on E because Howard Stern had offered to pay for it. And it was part of Howard Stern's E show. Remember, he would broadcast his show. Yeah, that's yeah. gross. Howard Stern is gross. Howard's oh, he's so fucking gross. I watched mm -hmm. uh, John Wayne was on several episodes of his show and they're all on YouTube. And I watched it and Howard Stern is the fucking worst. He's disgusting. I like yeah. hate him, hate him. My yeah. brother listens to his podcast and he says he's a good interviewer, but I just like can't get around how disgusted I am. He's by just him. he's I the only thing I did like was that he kept telling John Wayne like he kept talking about how gross his dick was. <laughs> <laughs> he is very like blunt, like he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he did not give a shit. He was just like, <laughs> man, he was like, you have the smallest dick I've ever seen. And then he was like, and then after he got the penis enlarge enlargement, he was like, they really fucked up your dick, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Man, I got to check out this word, though. Hold on. I'm going to okay. Google it real quick. <laughs> I can't I can't be just sitting here and listening about it. <laughs> He also, like, he had one of the porn actresses there with him, and Howard was, like, being really gross to her. He was saying, yeah. like, I would love He's to, I would love to have sex with you, or, like. Yeah, like, he just objectifies women so yeah, much. Yeah, it was really Oh, gross. my God, me. This picture that the, is this the prosecutor holding it up? Yes. Or it's. That's it's, his whole that's penis? His, yes, because she cut the whole thing off. All of it. That's all of it? That is all of his dick. Oh no! Be before he had the the enlargement, the doctor said that his dick was three and a half inches long. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> and actually, after he had the enlargement, he said it was like six and a quarter or something. So it's like average. Yeah. Oh no! Oh yeah, it looks all weird. Like it does look like Frankenstein. <laughs> oh God. I love the internet. You can find everything on here. <laughs> it was real bad. Yeah. So he got married again and got for a third time? Yeah. And got convicted of assaulting his third wife. Of course he did. Which forced him to withdraw from a planned celebrity boxing match where he was set to face our friend Joey Buttafuoco. Oh man. <laughs> I would love to see them both just murder each other. <laughs> <laughs> Joey ended up fighting China, the wrestler, instead. R.I.P. Uh, I want to do an episode on her. Yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. going to be a good one. Yeah. And John got divorced again, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> he worked as a bouncer slash handyman at the Moonlight Bunny Ranch. Oh. Fans of the podcast will remember that we had an episode all about the Bunny Ranch. And the owner, Dennis Hoff, has nothing but horrible things to say about John. Really? Yeah. He's And like, Dennis Hoff seems horrible to me. He seems horrendous yeah but he was like he's always he was handsy with the girls he was <gasps> like bad at his job he's just like he fucking sucks oh wow he also picked up a grand larceny charge after stealing over a hundred grand worth of clothes oh after breaking his neck in a car accident john now lives on disability and last year got a penis reduction <gasps> what yeah so he tried to fix his dick after the Frankenstein surgery. Why? No, who's trying to touch that shit? How does he keep getting girls? He got married two more times. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Meanwhile, Lorena became an advocate for victims of domestic violence and started a foundation called Lorena's Red Wagon. Wow. Her life is pretty quiet. She had a little scrape with the law in 97 when she and her mom got into a fight and the police were called. But besides that, she works at a salon and she has a husband of over 20 years and a daughter. Wow. The only time you ever really see her in public is when she's doing work on behalf of domestic violence victims 
or telling her story to get publicity for charities that work on behalf of survivors. Wow. That's amazing. Look at that. Yeah. (sighs) And you know what? Inadvertently, she might have like prevented a lot of other domestic violence situations because now it was like, okay, women can and will fight back. Yeah, for sure. In 2009, John and Lorena made a joint TV appearance, and John finally apologized for the way that he treated her during the marriage. Wow. I wonder, what was that TV appearance? It was on The Insider. Is that show still on? No, but I know, I can think of the logo. Yeah. It's kind of like Entertainment Tonight. Uh Uh-huh. And Lorena revealed that John sends her flowers every Valentine's Day, but that she continues to be horrified and disgusted by him. Good. Yeah. Fuck him. Don't do that. Yeah. That's just another, it's another way it's of him. It's a fuckboy like, move. Yeah. Trying to keep that control over her or right, something. Right, exactly. Yeah. He's fucking gross. Also, how much of a dick do you have to be? Oh, no pun intended. Let me change my <laughs> phrasing there. <laughs> how much of an asshole do you have to be to have been horribly mutilated by someone and you're sending them flowers? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Okay, anyway, Amazon will be releasing a docuseries about this event later this year, and it's produced by Jordan Peele. So everyone keep an eye out for that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's going to be great. Yeah. Anyway, that was the story of Lorena and John Wayne Bobbitt. That's awesome, May. Good job. Thank you. That was super exciting. That was really good, May. I didn't know a lot of that. Yeah, thanks. It has everything. It's a fucking fascinating story. Fuck yeah. That guy was just a piece of trash through and through. Yeah, he was. I'm like, I, I, I have so much sympathy for Lorena. Like, and like I said, like, it's terrible. She did a terrible thing, but yeah. But then God. look at their lives following everything that happened. Yep, both of their true colors. Right, exactly. And you think her husband now is like, <laughs> I'm <gonna> never. <laughs> you sleep with one eye open. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna never fuck with this girl. <laughs> Shout out to that guy. That guy's got a lot of courage. <laughs> When is this episode going to drop? Should we wish Lorena Bobbitt a happy birthday? Yeah. Is her birthday soon? It's uh, Halloween. Remember, she's spooky. Oh, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> spooky ass Lorena Bobbitt. Happy birthday. <laughs> Remember, everyone you deal with has problems on his mind. This man, for instance. All right. Mine is way sadder than yours. It is? Yeah. Someone's dick got cut off in mine. That's pretty sad, dude. But he kind of deserved it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fuck that fool. Then he got it bigger. Then he got it smaller again. <laughs> He's going to get a dick lift. My dick got a facelift. He's going to get Botox on his dick. John Wayne Bobbitt is just like fucking leading the path through all this dick plastic he, surgery. He got the Michael Jackson of dicks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do the story <laughs> of... Got a, got a small dick friend look like John Wayne Bobbitt. Got a big dick friend look like John Wayne John Bobbitt. Bobbitt. Got a Frankenstein friend. Oh <laughs> man. Those are the glory days of co- Yeah. I love that song. I didn't even watch the thing of him in the Oval Office. Uh, oh, I Did watched. you see it? Yeah, I watched. I wasn't going to watch it, but then I watched it and oh God. Is it really wild? It's really, really bad. Really, really? bad. Yeah. It's, oh, he's just, he's not making, he's incoherent. Really? And he he's making shit look like a motherfucking genius. You think they're going to get divorced, him and Kim? How can you say married to that? I don't know. You're just like, I have no idea, dude. Um, But I, did you send me the thing that NT Lawyer said? No. What? Oh, he said that allegedly she was on the phone. I think Paige sent it to us. 
that allegedly Kim was on the phone for like hours one day with her divorce lawyer from when she divorced Chris Humphreys. Oh. Like very recently that yeah. she like had meetings with all of them yeah, after yeah, she yeah. deleted all of his social media accounts. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I feel ooh, you kind of if you if you marry someone, you have kids with them. It really is yeah. kind of for better or for worse. But yeah, there has to be a limit. Do you want to be exposing your child to, to more and more of this? Yeah. Or like let your kid think that this is okay right you know what is that Unless, i don't know but um, then also do you want to abandon him when he's yes seriously going his, through something his time of need and like yeah. it's just I, I i do sort of feel for her but i do too totally but at the same time she might low-key agree with him like she's oh true she went to the oval office too and like, yeah she did yeah mm, prison reform that's yeah. like her little clouded way of going over there yeah so i don't know <clears throat> i don't know it's a developing story guys yeah if they get divorced i'll be high off that for like weeks oh we're gonna have to have a special episode so hype. the divorce episode you know what it's fucking crazy like i think this shit is so stupid but at the same time kardashian curse yep dude like every guy they date yeah it's fucking crazy. Did anyone escape unharmed? No, I don't think so. Chris Humphreys? Yeah, maybe. Fuck. <laughs> and that's because it was just for such a... Well, what is he doing now? Is he still playing basketball? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, but he wasn't like a big basketball player to yeah. begin with. Right. Yeah. So, ooh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That shit's sketch. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Kardashians... Not speaking of Kardashians, <laughs> I have seen. Okay, so I'm gonna do the story. <laughs> DJ AM Adam Goldstein, aka DJ AM, but Whoa. intertwined with this story is Travis Barker, and I saw a lot of stuff this week. Like Courtney Kardashian's family wants her to date Travis so bad. Really? Yeah, because he's a good dad and stuff. You know, is he a good? Uh, I, I realize he's a good dad, but is he is he like a good dude in general? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't seem problematic to mm-hmm. me. He's like really just low-key likes drumming and shit. Yeah. That's adorable. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> he's always with his kids. He seems to really love his kids. And he's always with his former stepdaughter, Oscar de la Hoya's daughter, Atiana de la oh, Hoya. Oh, yeah? Because that was his stepdaughter when he married was married to Shayna. Uh-huh. But like he's always with her still. Like I think she might live with him. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Anyways. Okay, so I'm going to tell the story of Adam Goldstein, DJ AM. Cool. I got this from two articles on the Daily Beast, the documentary As I Am, The mm-hmm. Life and Times of DJ AM. Is that good? It's it's okay. I always see it on TV and I'm always like, should I watch it's that? It's on Hulu. It's oh, on okay. Hulu. Because I'm it's like, right. I, I didn't really like care about him that much when he was alive, you know? So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, should I watch this? Yeah let's we'll talk about that because okay. it's okay but anyways um okay. people magazine and all the wikipedias as all right, always cool uh what i did like about the documentary was that they worked closely with adam's mother to d- fill in the details about his childhood in a super honest way oh okay like there's he got some childhood drama let's get Ooh, into it okay that was a good teaser i'm ready yeah uh adam goldstein was born in philly in 1973 mm-hmm. his family is jewish his parents had adopted his older sister the year before he was born in 1972, and they had had trouble trying to conceive their own child, so that's why his oldest sister is adopted. Okay. Of course, After, it, it always happens like that, huh? Like, yeah. you give up, 
And then next thing you know, you get pregnant. Yeah. We'll listen. After his sister was adopted. So prior to Adam's birth, his mother briefly left his father after (gasps) she caught him having sex with another man. Oh, okay. She then went and had her own affair, but they were separate. Like she left him and got with somebody, right? Okay. But they're still married. So it's still considered an affair. Right. This affair led to the conception of Adam. Wow. Did everybody know that though? Nope. Oh. She got back with Adam's father, but initially didn't tell him that Adam's Adam wasn't his baby. Like yeah. she made it seem like she had gotten pregnant that's, by him. That's what you got to do. Right? <laughs> <laughs> a few months later, before Adam's birth, his father was having a second affair with another man, Damn which, which led to his mother angrily disclosing that he was not the biological father. Wow. She was pregnant or he had already she been born? She was pregnant. She was like seven months pregnant. Oh, God. That's fucking wild, right? Also, that's the ultimate. Like, I almost want to get pregnant by somebody. I want to get into a relationship <laughs> and get pregnant by someone else just to have that fuck you to throw in somebody's face. <laughs> Somebody that looks like them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by the way, this is or, not your baby. like my husband's white and I have a black baby or something. You know? <laughs> And then, like, when he's seven, I'm like, by the way, our black uh, child is not yours. Obviously. <laughs> oh, God. So Adam says that his father was verbally abusive to him growing up. Oh, no. And he pieced together after the fact that this was likely due because he wasn't his actual son, biological son. You resented him. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. His father also openly used drugs around his children, but mostly marijuana. Okay. Although at the time, marijuana was illegal, so. Right. Adam's home life was not perfect by any means. Mm -hmm. His parents were in a loveless marriage, and his father was dealing with concealing his sexuality and raising a son that wasn't his. Is Is he bi or is he gay? I think he's gay. Okay. That's how his mom made it seem. Yeah. But at the time, you know, they were still trying to just, they weren't as accepting i still think people aren't as accepting right but but even back then it was even harder Mm -hmm. so adam turned to food as a child and he became obese by the age of 10 oh god no Mm -hmm. by 11 he began experimenting with alcohol and at this age is when he started messing around with turntables and gained an interest in djing well that's great that's a good that's a positive outlet totally because he said that he was just like into hip hop. So then he yeah. got interested in, in DJing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam's father went to jail for fraud when Adam was 14 years old. Wow. Bank fraud. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of fraud in this episode. A lot of fraud. <laughs> so his parents officially split up and his mom moved to LA with Adam and his sister. It's probably for the better. Yeah. However, once in L.A., he associated himself with drug users at his public school. And at 16 years old, he asked his mother to send him to rehab. Wow. Well, that takes a lot of maturity. So I applaud him for that. Yeah. He's complicated. But yeah, so Mm -hmm. he asked his mom to send him to rehab. So she sent him to a famous rehab in Los Angeles called Straight Incorporated. Straight Incorporated is a was a very controversial nonprofit rehab program that mm-hmm. existed until 1993. Okay. 
It was subject to multiple accusations of abusive practices in every state that held one of its facilities. Oh, no. Yeah. I feel really bad for Adam because what he was, can't seem to catch a break. What was their deal, though? Well, like, why? So abuse in the program was documented by state investigators and in private lawsuits as well. One of the lawsuits in 1983, they were convicted of false imprisonment after one of their 20-year-old patients was held captive against his will. Oh. Because you're supposed to be able to check out. Like, yeah. if you're there voluntarily, you should be able to leave voluntarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in 1990, a Florida patient was granted $720,000 in damages due to physical mistreatment while in the program. No way. That must yeah. be... Because isn't there a cap on damages for something? Yeah, like, usually, right? yeah. yeah like, so, so you have to be able to prove that right. shit. So it must have been like particularly horrible. Yeah. Wow. So what, the, what was the, it called? Straight Incorporated? Straight, comma, Incorporated. Oh, that should have told you. <laughs> the comma? Do you, <laughs> so Straight Incorporated, their philosophy emphasized the role of peer pressure in a young person's decision to use drugs and therefore as a means to encourage someone to become straight edge. So they tried to like the same way like you would be peer pressured into using drugs. They would try to peer pressure you into being straight. But so that like lends itself to <laughs> people being abusive, being bullied. You're, you're yeah, you're bullying you. them. Yeah. Hey, you know, you know what the cool kids do? They don't smoke dope. Yeah. So yeah, they also used isolation as a method to stop drug use. That's horrifying. They're like horrible, non-transferable skills. Yeah. Wow. So Adam said he was physically assaulted and spat on by staff Ew. when he was in Straight Incorporated. He escaped at one point, but he was later arrested and brought back to the facility. And then when he was back in one day, when he was 17 years old, his mother came to the facility to visit him. And she told him, I had an affair with your dad before you were born. Your dad is not your biological father. Ugh. Your dad is homosexual and he's been diagnosed with aids oh, all no in one way. shot God all in it. one shot also could you imagine like the kind of emotional maturity and will to want to get better that it takes for a 16 year old to be like please send me to rehab and yeah. then you go to rehab and all this bullshit happens to you uh -uh. like how are you ever ever gonna want to take that step again yes exactly yeah because it's already hard, like you said, like you're super mature and like you recognize that there's something wrong here. Yeah. But like, why would you ever want to do it again if the time that you put yourself out there, it went horribly? Right. And well, then his mom, why get yeah. tell him everything like that in one shot? Right. Oh, well, I suppose she had to tell him about the AIDS thing and like. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Uh, no, that sucks. Following the conversation with his mother, he attacked one of the counselors at the rehab and they dismissed him. And he was still obese? Yeah, he's still obese. Oh, fuck. So by his 18th birthday, his father had passed from AIDS-related complications. Oh, okay. R.I.P. Adam then began attending raves and experimenting with MDMA and nitrous oxide. Uh, whippets? Yeah. Does yeah. it doesn't uh, Demi Moore do that? I don't know. That's such a trash drug. Yeah. Like why? Wow. He began practicing freestyle DJing every day that summer. Oh, okay. Mhm. Mm By the time he was 20 years old, Adam was using crack cocaine regularly. Ew. Oh, he probably uh -huh. got real skinny. Mm, probably. Mhm. Mm of this time in his life, Adam said that crack and DJing were about all he did for the next 4 years. 
He would disappear for days at a time from his family and friends. And in 1997, after years spiraling out of control, he attempted suicide by trying to shoot himself in the head. Whoa. He literally stuck a gun in his mouth and Uh pulled the trigger, but it fucking jammed. No way. That's crazy, right? Wow. You know, I'm I'm not like a spiritual person. But if something like that happened to me, I might be like, fuck. Rethink like, everything, right? Yeah. 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 I, I got to like think, okay, that something I was saved for a reason or, yeah, yeah. I, you know, or whatever. No, totally. Me too. Um, and him too, by all means. After mm-hmm. the suicide attempt, it seemed like he had a wake up call and he says that he did. Yeah. And I think that often happens to people who have failed suicide attempts. Yeah. Like they realize like, I don't want to die. Like right. actually like it's kind of like a relief to them, I think. Do you remember that documentary about the people jumping off of Golden Gate Bridge? Yes, May. I didn't finish it. I got scared. Yeah. Well, that one. Did you, you finished it, right? I've we were it watching it together. Times. Yeah. No, you haven't. Yeah. Have you really? I, I saw it again recently. Oh, no. Well, some of those people say that, or like one of the survivors, one guy that I'm thinking of specifically says, as like soon a as, cop stops him, right? Well, no, he jumped off. This <gasps> dude, This dude, like, he jumps off and he says, a split second after he jumped off, he was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this. And then the next thing he knows, like, he hits the water and he he can feel his body shattering and he survived. <gasps> like, he was in the hospital for months or whatever, but he survived. Oh, my God. And he, sa- he said as soon as his feet left the bridge, he immediately regretted it. I bet that happens. Yeah. I remember in that documentary, like there, some of them are like walking back and forth, right? Like it's yeah. kind of like they're trying to build up the courage to yes, even do it. Exactly. Yeah, I don't get that. Oh. Okay, yeah. So he had a wake up call. So with the help of his friends and family, he began attending Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, mm-hmm. avoiding his drug using group of friends and attempted to become sober. He also dedicated himself to mastering his craft as a DJ Initially, he quickly relapsed after like the first 90 days, but he jumped right back into a rehab program and he successfully completed it. Wow. Okay. He then became a sponsor for other people attempting sobriety, which is, I guess, what you do if you like successfully complete a rehab program. They try to get you to sponsor someone because it's helpful for you and them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. Super great. Because then you're helping someone. You probably Mm -hmm. feel really good about yourself. Right. And you're holding you hold each other accountable. You know, Mm -hmm. it's totally really good. Throughout this time, he was DJing back and forth for friends and at some private parties, but got his first real gig as a DJ in L.A. at the age of 21 for an unlicensed nightclub. What kind of it was he like a hip hop DJ or like a like a yeah. electronic it's, type of thing? It's um he does mashups. So oh, like, yeah, 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 he's he's OK. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that in a little bit okay. in two paragraphs. OK. <laughs> So for the first time he worked at this nightclub, he was paid $40 and a six pack of beer. Uh, Oh, oh, but he's sober. (laughs) I know. But they ended up liking him. So he stayed working there for two years. And through this, he met a nightclub promoter and he was offered a job at the Dragonfly, which was a nightclub in L.A. Okay. He then met and was asked to join the rap slash rock group Crazy Town in 1999. No way. He was in Crazy Town. He was in Crazy Town. And he can he was with them when they made their one hit butterfly. Uh, he was the only other person I knew who was in that band was uh, isn't the lead, the lead singer's name is Shifty Shellshock. Yep. Shifty <laughs> Shellshock. <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> that is so embarrassing. That's so embarrassing. Oh god, that's a good song though. <laughs> yeah, come <laughs> malere. <laughs> According to the other band members of Crazy, so Crazy Town has hella drama. Oh really? Yeah, they're all like addicts, crazy probably alcoholics yeah. and drug they, addicts. They look shifty. Show talk looks like it for sure. Yeah. According to the other band members, Adam was the only one of them that was sober. And in 2001, when they're like at the top of their game, okay, yeah. he fucking quit to escape the drug related dysfunction. Like he okay. didn't want to be around that shit. Good for you, Adam. Yeah. Good for you, Adam. <laughs> Stick to DJing. Yeah. But his weight problems persisted. And in 2003, he reached his highest weight of 324 pounds. Wow. Yeah. He was very big. And he's not very tall, right? He's. No, he's like average, average tall. Yeah. yeah. So he underwent gastric bypass surgery. Uh-huh. Shout out to gastric bypass surgery. <laughs> <laughs> and lost more than 100 pounds within his first year. Wow. Which is dangerous, right? Not necessarily. Okay. Because I watch a lot of my 600 pound life. I think it depends on your initial weight and it depends on how you're losing it. Okay. Okay. But so, also, ahead. this is another example of him. I'm actually very impressed about how proactive he is always. Yeah. He went to rehab. He got out of crazy town, even though I'm sure they were making money and stuff. You know, like he's a sensible guy. Yeah. He's like, Considering I got to I gotta get I got to get a hold of my weight problem. Like, all right, I got to get a hold of my drug problems. Yes. Yeah. Like recognizing that those are problems. That's like I think he's a good example of like this is a disease. Like yes, some yes. people, they really like by all means, like want to be better than this. Right. But for whatever reason, they got caught up in it. And mm-hmm. like they are they have the addictive personality and yeah just fucking it's a struggle you know Mm -hmm. but all respect for him for like all the steps that he's taken so far good for him yeah that shit's hard i can't even say no to a donut (laughs) (laughs) i don't even like donuts that much but i'm just like all right (laughs) beignets though oh i fucks with some beignets (laughs) so that year that he lost all the weight he met and began dating nicole richie who also has Weight, weight issues. Mm-hmm. That's weight issues. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she, at this time, was riding high on the Simple Life fame. Yeah. And so when they got together, Adam's DJ career fucking skyrocketed. Yeah. Other people in the business credited his girlfriends because he, he dates famous girls. Like, from here on out, he dates famous girls. Uh-huh. But Nicole, a lot of people say that she's the one that catapulted his career rather than his own talent. You know what? This I probably only know him because of Nicole. That so this is what I was gonna say to you because he's not a groundbreaking DJ, mm-hmm. and that his whole thing is like mashups, which he would do. Like some are they're all cool, they're all right, and that was he, hot. It had its moment in the mid two thousands where mashups were a thing. It hella did, but he didn't like fucking invent mashups, right? And he wasn't like, revolutionizing it. No, you know, um. So I totally see where the association to famous people helping his career mm-hmm. comes from. Which also good for him, I think. Fucking yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Like good for you, dude. And then I was talking to Hoel about it and I was telling him like it kind of reminds me of not on the same level, but Polly D from Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. He's like a top 20 basic schmasic ass DJ who has like some of the best residencies in Vegas just because of his reality celebrity his fame. His notoriety. Yeah. And I'm not mad at it. Good for him. Yeah. You know? Okay. So then, yeah, I was totally thinking when I was trying to like, I was trying to 
describe like what what his style is and i was totally thinking like fuck every dj i liked at that time like the beat junkies mm-hmm. the run they were all about mashups that was yeah. super hot when we were in college it was super hot and then it reached this peak with the lincoln park jay-z thing yes yeah and then like the turntable style like mellowed out and they became more like whatever that shit is steve aoki and fucking yeah what's the dude with the mickey mouse thing on his head uh dead mouse yeah dead mouse all right anyways i don't know what i'm talking about yeah <laughs> so then in 2005 so adam's like super famous now right because he's with nicole and she's hot shit and yeah he's a fucking dj all around the best clubs in la mm-hmm. so in 2005 he was in an episode of mtv's punked in an attempt to joke nicole he was then featured on her super hot show the simple life uh-huh. he was ellen's dj for a couple of shows what yeah cool and he was on entourage as himself uh-huh. as well so this is like some hot mid-2000s shit right, right here right he was hitting all the mid-2000s checkpoints yeah totally he ooh, totally he had a, a great Dutch time. hat yeah <laughs> <laughs> he had an ed harley shirt on yep it was hot adam then proposed to nicole richie and they uh-huh. became engaged in february of 2005 briefly moving in together in a mansion in la mm-hmm. but in 2006 they broke up Okay. How long were they together then? Like almost four years. Oh, wow. Okay. It wasn't a short period. Yeah. Right. She Around seems this... like a nice, like, I mean. She, she's she funny. Seems, she's funny. She's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if I would be friends with her, but. No. Yeah. She also <laughs> seems like she, I mean, she probably cokehead, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Around this time. He also became a famous hype beast and started collecting shoes. Mm-hmm. And that was like a big thing people knew him for around L.A. and in the shoe collecting world. I feel like you almost have to be to be a DJ. <laughs> right? Like you got to have something But you like got to put that on your resume. Yeah, for sure. So then in 2006, he became the resident DJ of Caesar Pal- Caesar Palace's Caesars. Caesars. <laughs> Caesars Palace's of pure the nightclub at, at, Caesar's, at Caesar's palace, palace. Yeah. there we go thank you thank you guys that was a lesson in english for everybody listening also myself he was paid a salary of one million dollars a year for being their resident dj which was like the top earning for yeah. anybody any dj at the time yeah and he was also being paid 10 to twenty-five thousand for outside events as a solo dj yeah that's at a this, great gig all around fuck you, yeah dude. <laughs> at this time he also began playing private parties for several a-list celebrities including j-lo ben stiller kate hudson and leonardo dicaprio Ooh. so he also at this time co-owned and worked at lax which is another nightclub at caesar's mm-hmm. in 2007 he dated mandy moore shout out mandy moore <laughs> no way oh yeah homegirl has been around yeah mandy moore has interesting choice in men yes yes did you see that her first husband gave an interview this week no i think they're doing they're trying to bring up shit from her because the new season of this is us is on yeah but he said that he was so blown he doesn't remember their wedding ceremony way yeah so he said like our marriage was doomed from the start like he was an addict and oh that's and she dated dj am and he's an addict so yeah yeah it's interesting what's her first husband's name um Ryan Again. Adams? Yes, Ryan Adams. Yeah, that's the guy. That yeah, said yeah. He was so blown. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw them, or no, not that. Yes, I saw them both at Fred 62. 
Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And she dated Wilmer Valderrama. Yes. Yeah. Very strange. That guy. <laughs> that guy's sketch. Yeah. Okay, so in June 2008, Adam began collaborating with Travis Barker under the name Travis DJ. I don't know if you're supposed to say this all at once, mm-hmm. but it's basically Travis DJ AM, all in capital letters, and the S is a dollar sign. That is v- very inspired, it's confusing. guys. Yeah, it's really confusing. Wow. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the S was that one S that everybody draws in middle <laughs> the school. The Stussy S? Yeah. <laughs> they performed together at the MTV Video Music Awards of that year and kept performing together at other venues. Okay. On September 19, 2008, a private Learjet 60 jet was set to take Travis Barker, DJ AM, Travis's security guard Chase Still, who was 25 years old, and Travis's best friend and personal assistant Chris Baker, who was 29 years old, home to Van Nuys, California, following a performance at a college in South Carolina. Okay. During takeoff, the aircraft overran the runway end and crashed through the airport boundary fence. Ooh. It then crossed South Carolina Highway 302 and came to a stop on an embankment where it burst into flames. What the fuck happened? We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. DJ AM and Travis Barker escaped the burning plane and ran across the highway. Bystanders started yelling at them to stop, drop, and roll because they were both inflamed. Yeah. So they both did. Then Adam ran over because Travis's feet were still on fire and he was like panicking. So Uh Adam ran over and helped take out the fire on Travis's feet. Yeah. Travis said that then the plane began to explode behind them and he started yelling, are we alive, Adam? Are we alive? Oh, my God. First responders then arrived and Adam and Travis told them there were four other people still stuck inside of the plane. (gasps) No. Including the two co-passengers. There are two co-passengers, so there's security guard Che and Adam's friend Uh Chris, and the pilot Sarah Lemon, who was 31 years old, and the co-pilot James Bland, who was 52 years old. Okay. The four other passengers all died. Oh, fuck. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Adam and Travis both suffered second and third degree burns. Adam suffered third degree burns to both arms and parts of his head. Mm Mm-hmm. They both needed extensive skin grafts. And at one point, I think Travis's leg was going to be amputated because they couldn't find any more skin for him. Wow. Adam and Travis were both transported to the Joseph M. Still Burn Center in Georgia. Uh-huh. Mandy Moore immediately flew to be by DJ AM's side at the hospital, leading the media to report that they were once again dating. And they did. They actually did get back together. Yeah. Travis's ex and estranged wife, Shayna Mokler, also flew to be by Travis, leading the media to focus on that as well because mm-hmm. the medium is dumb as fuck. Mm-hmm. Adam was released from the burn center on September 26, 2008, so seven days later. Oh, okay. That's, he was actually, expect- that's not that bad. I- no, Travis spent way more time in mm-hmm. the hospital. I didn't look up exactly how long for him because mm-hmm. I figured he could get an episode. Yeah. Adam was expected to make a full recovery. However, he suffered from mental and emotional side effects due to the accident. Adam interviewed that following the crash, he had recurring nightmares of being burned alive and nightmares of the incident. Oh, my God. I bet. Yeah. This is terrible. It's fucking horrible, right? He said that one of the nightmares that he used to have was that like a man in black would come up to him with like an aerosol can and a fucking flame and and just like start like lighting towards him. Oh, my God. That's fucking scary, right? Yeah. He struggled with the realization that those kinds of nightmares could go on for the rest of his life. 
Mm-hmm. He and Travis both sought therapy and both struggled with survivor's guilt and PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that Travis, the guy Chase still is his security guard and mm-hmm. like friend from his home, like from Fontana because Travis mm-hmm. is from Fontana and that Travis suffered a ton of survivor's guilt because that guy, the security guard, Che, he wasn't supposed to be on the plane. Like they had an empty seat. So Travis was like, hey, Che, do you want to come home with us on this private jet? Thinking like, this is really cool. He'll get yeah. to be on a fucking private jet yeah, with yeah. me. Like, it's like a fun treat for him, you know? Right. And then he fucking died. Oh, God. It's it's always like that, huh? It's, it is. It's like, who was the person? Uh, we'll definitely do this one day. But the day the music died, like, who, oh. was, who was the person that was supposed to be on it but escaped narrowly? It wasn't Elvis, was it? It was like, some- didn't they do a, a coin toss and then yeah, it was uh, someone- Richie Valens got it instead of Elvis? It, yeah, it was something like that. Fuck that. Yeah. Adam said, quote, daily I live with the guilt and grief of what happened that night, everything that I saw, who was lost, and why I was spared. I have no words to express the pain that comes with knowing that four other people died while I got to live. Mm-hmm. So then they did an investigation because they were like, what the fuck happened, you know? Yeah. So following the crash, an investigation revealed that the pilot stated on the cockpit voice recorder that she heard the sound of a tire bursting immediately after takeoff. Oh. And she was attempting to reject takeoff. Yeah. Unfortunately, the plane was moving way too fast when by the time she tried to abort. So she should have just gone up? Maybe. But then, but but then, then they would have had problems landing. Yeah. They would have had problems landing. Oh, fuck. Pieces of tire were found at the crash site, like spread all over. So you know what's real fascinating? These people, these crash investigators. Yeah, how smart are they? Yeah, how do they know what to look for? They they put up their puzzles. They're professional puzzle <gasps> putter together. Puzzle putter together. <laughs> or like um, those investigators like at murder scenes, like the blood splatter oh, experts the, or the whatever forensic? the forensics teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that shit's cool. crazy. Yeah. It was later co- okay. It was later yeah. confirmed that the accident was due to tire bursts during takeoff and the pilot's resulting decision to try to abort takeoff at far too high of a speed. Yeah. Several of the plane's tires were also determined to have been underinflated and punctured during takeoff. Oh. Ooh. No. They were underinflated and then they punctured during takeoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. Okay. So, whose job is it to check the tire pressure? Aren't, isn't it, aren't there like engineers, like aer- yeah. aeronautical engineers or whatever? Yes, but uh, on a private plane though, like oh, it's no. not like It's that's... the private company, I assume. Yeah, wow. Ooh. That's <sighs> so scary to me, May. <laughs> I Because I already don't like flying and like I think yeah. like that's something that is so avoidable <laughs> if you mm. would have just taken the steps to like ensure that all of this would be okay. And Travis Barker had a hu- had a huge fear of flying before this, and now yeah. refuses to fly. Right. So he wow. doesn't go on many tours overseas. The one mm-hmm. time that Blink One Eighty, so Blink One Eighty Two briefly reconciled after this. Yeah. And the one overseas trip they did, it took him like something like a month to get to Europe because he went via cruise. Wow. He wouldn't get on a plane, which yeah. honestly, I think a boat might be fucking sketchy too. A boat is way more sketch than a plane. Yeah, like you don't fucking know what the water's gonna do. Yeah. Yeah. Respect the sea. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so DJ AM and Travis both sued for damages as well as the estates of both of their co passengers, the mm-hmm. deceased. 
Mm-hmm. Adam also sued the estates of the dead pilots. The lawsuit claimed negligence on part of the pilots and a defect on the part of the plane itself. All lawsuits were settled in 2010 for an undisclosed amount. I kind of I feel bad for the estates of the pilots. Me too, because what are you supposed to do? Like we yeah. were saying, like, I mean, if she would have taken off, right. what would have happened at landing? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yeah. know. It's fucked up. In December 2008, MTV announced that Adam and Travis Barker would appear at their New Year's show and they performed their first performance since they both survived the plane crash. They seem to be united after it. Like Adam and Travis seem to, mm-hmm. their friendship really like, you know, obviously. Strengthened. Yeah, yeah. You've been through something that no one else will ever understand. And like you have each other to lean on at yeah. least, you know. Mm-hmm. Adam and Mandy Moore did briefly reconcile, but then uh, once again broke up later in 2008. And he be- Adam began dating Haley Wood, who is yeah. a model. She's a model. Mm. She was kind of hot for a second when she dated him. Mm. In April, every girl named Haley has been hot for a second, right? Haley is a hot <laughs> name. If you want your daughter to be hot for, um, in April two thousand nine, Adam left his position at Caesar's Palace to become the resident DJ at Palm's Casino nightclub Rain, and the Palm's Casino was hot at this time. Yeah, this same year, two thousand nine, Adam began hosting an MTV drug intervention reality show named "Quote Gone Too Far." I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, and it's not good. Yeah. Do you really want MTV solving your drug problem? Nah, but go on. (laughs) It was in pre-production when the plane crash happened, and Adam insisted that it continue after he was able to recover. Mm -hmm. Eight episodes were filmed in total. During the filming of one of the episodes, Adam held a crack pipe, and a producer said he saw Adam have a moment with the crack pipe. I'm sure. And then they had to stop filming, and Adam went off set to call his sponsor. Oh, okay. Well... In another episode, Adam was presented with confiscated confiscated drugs from a police officer, and he had to step away again and get far from the drugs. Sounds like you should not be doing this, dude. Right? Following the crash, Adam was prescribed several pain medications and anti-anxiety medications to assist with the PTSD and with the pain from his burns and the uh, surgeries he had. Hold up. Knowing that he's an addict? Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, for someone with an addiction past, this is very dangerous because prescription drug use could obviously lead to a relapse. Yeah. Adam had become very, very scared of flying, and he wasn't previously. But following the crash, he had to continue taking anti-anxiety medication to deal with the regular flights that his career required. Mm-hmm. In the following weeks, his behavior had become erratic, and he had begun to miss several appointments, including with MTV. Mm-hmm. His manager and sponsor were so concerned that they flew to visit him privately in New York. Adam refused to ever visit with his manager, but his sponsor, he did allow him to come into his apartment. His sponsor says that upon entering his apartment, Adam smoked crack cocaine in front of him and took pills. What are you, as a sponsor, is there some sort of um, protocol? Are you supposed to do something at that point? I don't know. I don't know. I think you just talk to them. I mean, you can't, like, against their will. I don't know what you could do. He's an adult, you know? Yeah. Wow. Adam promised his sponsor that he would check into rehab just following his next show at Rain Nightclub that Friday. He later (laughs) missed... (laughs) So responsible. I know. (laughs) Got this commitment. Yeah. Okay, go on. You know what's funny? Do you remember MTV's True Life? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Best show ever. 
on a lot of like their drug ones, I always see like people entering rehab and like they just like take a last thing. Yep. Like, yeah. yeah, like they're like, this is my last time. And they're like fucking in the car on the way to rehab or whatever. Yeah, that happens on that show Intervention too. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so weird. You don't really want to change, you know? Right. Yeah. Adam later missed his flight to Las Vegas that week and he stopped returning phone calls from everybody. His addiction had obviously spun very out of control. His friends called the police in New York to check on him at his apartment. Like a welfare check? Yep. On August 28, 2009, less than a year after the plane crash he survived, Adam was found dead in his New York City apartment. Inside was a bag of crack cocaine, a crack pipe, and several legal prescription drugs. Can you, you can die of crack? I think it was a combination. So the New York medical examiner concluded that his death death was caused by accidental acute intoxication from a combination of cocaine oxycodone hydrocodone lorazepam and then like five different drugs that are used to cut crack wow yeah i don't know how to so i don't know what these are but clonazepam alprazolam diphenhydramine and levamisole those are the ones that were used to cut the crack mm-hmm Adam was buried at Hillside Memorial Memorial Park Cemetery in Los Angeles on September 2nd, 2009. His memorial service had hundreds of attendees, including Nicole Ritchie, Travis Barker, Lindsay Lowen, Samantha Ronson, Mark Ronson, Eric Dane, DJ Jazzy Jeff, and his girlfriend at the time, Haley Wood, gave an emotional speech calling Adam her soulmate. Wow. How, how much drugs do you think they did at that? funeral like, <laughs> like, all those people like all those people that you named oh uh, they're like one time one time for adam one more time for our boy yeah mtv was set to air gone too far on october 5th 2009 after adam's death the producers acknowledged that placing adam near other addicts obviously helped contribute to his relapse you think yeah like why the fuck would they go forward yeah. with this with him right. what were they thinking MTV later decided to debut it on October 12th and Adam's mother issued a statement saying, quote, it's our hope through airing this show that people will get to see the side of Adam that we knew and loved. The decision to air the show has been difficult, but we do this with the belief that it will inspire others to please seek help. What year was this? 2009. Okay. Almost everyone agreed that the injury suffered by Adam in the plane crash led to his ultimate relapse and overdose yeah without the crash he seemed to be healthy and on the right track but drug addiction experts note that memories of the crash and any sort of unresolved trauma triggers relapse in addicts Mm -hmm. often additionally ptsd leads to sleeplessness which is another heavy trigger for drug relapse oh yeah the nightclub rain where he was a resident at at the time of his death said that following the crash adam had trouble with their pyrotechnic displays and so they had to cut down on all of that yeah if they ever shot flames during the nights he was there they had to tone it down so he couldn't feel any of the heat because it would lead to him having like anxiety attacks god this sounds horrendous right the week following adam's death the palms casino turned off all of the letters on the building's marquee except for am 800 that's that's really sweet yeah 800 pairs of his sneakers were sold off in order to start the dj am memorial fund designed to help people struggling with drug addiction and his mother continues to work with the music cares foundation providing addiction recovery to its clients well at least some good is coming from this 
Yeah. So rest in peace, Adam Goldstein, DJ AM. He was a man with a tough childhood, deep-seated demons, and reached top-level success, unfortunately. Gone too soon. Yeah, gone way too soon. And he seemed like a great guy. Like, I never read anything, like, like when he broke up with people, like, they only have great things to say about him. Like, mm-hmm. it just didn't work out, you know? Like, he yeah. was just a hard worker, and, like, yeah, he had drug problems, but he d- didn't do any harm to anybody or ever right. mean to you know you don't you don't hear about him being abusive to any of these women or no you don't hear right. of him like you know partying it up or yeah. like you know like fucking promoting some like shitty lifestyle or whatever like so right. many famous people in the party scene try to yeah r.i.p r.i.p that was ooh. um that was good but i'm also like i'm I'm shook about the description of the tra- the crash and the trauma that they both went through afterwards. Like the ugh. nightmares and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Right. And his childhood. I didn't know that about his mom and dad or any of that. Yeah. And his weight problems. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I should have waited to start eating this caramel. After <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I told you guys I have no fucking control. <laughs> RIP DJ AM. Yeah. All right, well, that was this week's Drama Club. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for being our friends. Yeah, well, we still have friends after this episode. We laughed at dicks getting cut off. (laughs) DJ AM's fat problem, obesity problem. Wow. Yeah, don't don't blame us, guys. We're just trying to... We're just humans. We're just trying to get through this like the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) If you guys want to talk to us, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Drama Club Pod. Gmail is at dramaclubpod at gmail.com. It's not at dramaclubpod at gmail.com. <laughs> just dramaclubpod at gmail.com. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have some breaking news right here. A little, a little bit of a teaser. Our website is almost done, guys. Almost. I, I think you're going to like it. Yeah, don't look for it. <laughs> don't look for it. Thank you to everyone who's financing it by buying stickers. Yeah, <laughs> the sticker purchases allowed us to make our own website. So thank you. Thank you to all you guys. Um, hit us on the hotline at 505-539-0556. Send us pictures of your dogs. Oh, I thought you were going to say dicks. No, no. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, Man. where? Why? Well, I never. <laughs> Don't send us pictures of your dicks. Send us pictures of your dogs. We love dogs. Yes. And uh, talk to you next week. Yes. See you on Monday with the Afternoon Delight. Bye. Bye. However, whatever with your helmet.